Welcome to the Daniel Wartman Show. It is yours truly coming to you live from the Dreamaginate Sports Studios. It's 9 a.m. on the East Coast. This is your 6 a.m. West Coast wake-up call in all time zones in between and around the world. Welcome to the show. We'd like to welcome Jonathan Kalura to the show. Jonathan, how are you doing? I'm doing excellent. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, give us a little bit of background about you in, in terms of your history in the game, some of the things you've been involved with over the last you know few years in, in soccer, whether it's here or around the world. So, been a big fan of the game since I was young. Grew up watching uh, Creighton, uh, which has been a fantastic NCAA team. But got into the business of the game back in 2014 when uh, I made an investment into an English club in the conference at the time called Alfreton Town. And so uh, got my first taste of the business, uh, ended up selling my interest in that to some partners, and uh, then was involved in Napa Valley uh, and founding that club. Uh, in the NPSL, and uh, sold to my partners there to develop Bug Eaters. And so alongside Bug Eaters, which, uh, you know, the first season was last season, and uh, alongside that, uh, joined a team in the National League in England called Bradford Park Avenue. Bradford Park Avenue was founded in 1907. A uh, business partner of mine here in Dallas uh, was involved with the club. And so I've gone in and uh, done a lot of business things to it uh, to get it uh, to get it going and uh, to give an example of of uh, how high quality it is at uh, Division Six in England. You know we have a, a high playing budget uh, that I would, uh, based on things I've seen, I put it at about a USL level. Um, the competitiveness of, of the game there has been absolutely amazing. But uh, here in the U.S., uh, I love what we have. I love what we are doing with uh, bug eaters and uh, focusing on the development model and giving, uh, you know, college athletes and elite local athletes an opportunity to play for a team based in the, in the home state. So for, for everybody watching this show or listening who, who hear you use the term bug eaters, FC bug eaters, they, I'm sure they're asking, is this a, a pest control segment um, or is this uh, a soccer segment? So tell us, where does the name bug eaters come from? Is, is, it a, is it a colloquial, a local term? Is it something you came up with? What was the inspiration for that? I, I wish I'd come up with it, but it's actually uh, it's a nickname that was given to Nebraska back in the late 1800s. And it was a, a nickname that was not a nice one that uh, uh, I think it was, uh, you know, it was, it had to do with um, competition between the states at the time. But uh, what happened was it was said that uh, all of the uh, corn in the state uh, had been eaten by locusts and all that was left to eat were the locusts. And so the Nebraskans became known as bug eaters at the time. And so um, most people in the state of Nebraska actually know that nickname. And so it went from being, you know, the uh, bug eaters to ultimately the, the corn husker state. 
uh, because they didn't they thought the bug eater name had negative connotations. And so uh, when I did this, I knew that I wanted to do something that was, um, you know, one of two things. Number one, if you are in the state of Nebraska, you likely know that nickname and it has meaning to you. If you aren't in the state of Nebraska, you see it and you think we're absolutely insane. And we like both. We, we, we like to be different. Um, you'll note that the logo has a tractor on it. Um, and it's a tractor on top of a ball. Uh, we have that ball there because in the state of Nebraska, uh, one, one sport tends to dominate. And so we want people to know what we're doing. And the tractor is a nod to the agricultural past in the state of Nebraska and the uh, agriculture um, in the economy that it has today. And the tractor is actually based on uh, my grandfather's tractor uh, that I would uh, ride as a kid. So it has, uh, it has meaning to me as well. I love uh, stories like that and, and, and background information about, you know, where names come from and um, to, to kind of hear that story about why go with the name bug eaters and, and the, the, the connotations and the meaning and, and what it means to, to Nebraska. Um, it, it makes complete sense. And I, and I think it's amazing. And what you've done so well with a name is you you've also been able to build a very nice brand packaging your brand in, in your name and um i know that that your uh, t-shirts and hats are a hot commodity uh, especially um in the you know soccer culture here in america where people are just um always looking for that 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 cool shirt or that cool brand or the cool club. And, 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 and in a short time, you've been able to establish yourself as one of those uh, clubs that, that is doing some really cool things. Minneapolis uh, uh, city is a, is another one that, that I love to watch and see what they're doing uh, with, with, you know, their, their brand and their logos and, and, and all of that. So uh, kudos to you in, in terms of creating that, um, and establishing that name and that brand and the logo and, 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 and putting together with not just great design, but a great story as a package is incredible. T tell us a little bit about kind of what, how bug eaters were last year in, in, in terms of, uh, you know, your first year, what, what, where were you playing? What, what were your goals when you set up the club uh, to be to be in Nebraska? What were you looking at in terms of establishing bug eaters? So when we set this up, and when I say we, it's me specifically, but I've had uh, some fantastic individuals that you, you've seen this week join us. Um, my goal was this was to see if the states could support uh, a team like this and to give the uh, local schools a, 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 this level of, of, of play. And so what hasn't happened is, is you know, the, if you look at a map with, I hate calling it Division Four, but if you look at a map and you look at these summer league teams, Nebraska has a huge hole in it. And so my goal was to, to fill that and to start building awareness for these extended leagues um and you know there are some i my belief was is that there are some fantastic schools in nebraska developing top level soccer talent and in the summer they just kind of had nothing to do and so um you know i also believe that there was a strong culture for the game and a desire for local engagement and so what we found was that was absolutely the case. So we, we launched the team. You'll note that we called it bug eaters. Uh, we didn't put a city label on it because, you know, we wanted to resonate with the whole state and, you know, as far West as you can go, um, soccer is a passionate game. Uh, if you look at Kearney and, and the high school and the championship they've had, um, that's out in Western Nebraska it's 
it, it, it's fantastic. So we launched in Lincoln. Uh, we built a fantastic following of fans uh, from all over the state of Nebraska. And, uh, you know, we had quite a few challenges out of the gate, um, you know, things that I expected, some things that I didn't expect. And uh, one of the biggest challenges that we've that we had was facilities. And so um, while fans enjoy this and like it and want it, it's it, it's a challenge to get a local facility. And that was one thing that I, I didn't anticipate is, um, you know, is, is that obstacle. So we've announced uh, that we will be playing at Morrison Stadium in Omaha, which is fantastic. It's the best facility in the state. Um, you know, Coniglia Field at UNO is, you know, just, just next to it as far as quality. But, you know, my love of, you know, the Creighton team as a kid um, to be able to play there, it, it's a it's a step up, and uh, we loved playing in Lincoln last season. And, and the challenge that we had was getting a lease. So we spent months and months and months. And one thing you'll appreciate is that as soon as we recognized that we had a challenge, I went to the supporters group, the field hands, and said, "Hey, I'm having this challenge, you know, and I don't know how it's going to end up, but can you help?" and you know, they absolutely did. And so um, the two guys who lead it, um, you know, helped me talk to some people and see if we could find something. And ultimately, um, it looked like we were going to be homeless until literally last week. And so um, that's why we didn't have any announcements. We had schedule. We had coaches, players, merch, everything set up pending a final agreement on a stadium. And we just, just couldn't get one. So I wasn't about to let the team fold and give up all that we had put into it. Um, so, you know, we, we pushed through. And to be able to land a stadium of this quality um, and to have Creighton help us uh, keep this team going is, is a huge deal to us. Um, you know, building a program out of nothing uh, is challenging. Um, you know, long distance for me, being uh, Dallas-based, you know, I'm an Omaha native, went to the University of Nebraska, went to Creighton University. I've done it. I've done it with England, so I know how to do it, but it, you have to have good local people. And so to have Jordan Bartles, who joined us last season, he came in mid-season, helped clean up some things, and he stuck it out with us. And then to have Michael Doria, who is – a local high school coach in Omaha and also a director of Nebraska state soccer is fantastic. And to have the support of Nebraska state soccer with Casey Mann leading that program, uh, you know, they contacted us. They liked what we were doing and, and the programs that we were offering uh, these kids. And so, you know, we, we've had alongside the challenges, we've had a lot of success. Uh, you mentioned the merchandise, uh, the merchandise has done exceptionally well, and but you know nothing that we have done is um, is by chance. It's all intentional. So when we do something, we want to do it, it do it well. And so you know the hats have sold well. Well, we go to the hat manufacturer, not a third party, and so we go to the hat manufacturer because they'll do it as best as possible. Uh, the shirts, the shirts. There's a there's a level of simplicity, and you know, uh, Dan at Minneapolis has done a fantastic job with his stuff. But one one team that I absolutely love is is Dennis's Kingston Stockade, and uh, you know, a lot of what I've done has been a nod to him and what and what he has done with that club. And so, you know, the nice thing is is at this level, there's a lot of communication with the you know, the, the owners, I suppose is what we would be called, um, and best practices and, and sharing those. And so, um, you know, you'll see some fantastic merchandise this season. We're, we are stepping up our game this season. The kits uh, are absolutely fantastic. And I've been able to leverage a UK supplier uh, to get these custom-made quality kits that fans will love. And the nice thing is, is that I'm able to 
buy at such a level that I can pass along a, a savings to the fans. And so a $48 kit, you know, is, is it's a good starting point. And so on the pre-sale, you know, we've got them at e- e- even further discounts. So um, it's things like that that we're excited about. But as far as, um, you know, the local, um, you know, we, we want them, we want to embrace the whole state of Nebraska. We have kids from across the state playing for us. Every player we have has some type of Nebraska connection. And that means a lot to me. And I, I've seen Dan in Minneapolis posting about this, but the local and community thing are, are what I think separates us. And I think that's why we've developed such a big following is because we've done a good job of focusing on that. Any funds that come into the team, if you buy a shirt, if you buy a hat, if you go to a game, if you sponsor us, 100% of that money goes into funding this program. Not one cent goes into anyone's pocket. And if at some point we actually make money, those funds will go into new community programs that we will develop to help further the program within the state. And so I think that's a mission that, that is important for people to, to know and understand is that this team is all about giving back to the community. It's my opportunity to give back to my, my home community in a way that I find enjoyment in a way that will actually help the development. So um, that's a long-winded way to, to address uh, that question, I suppose. Well, it, it's, it's great to hear several things that you you were talking about. One of the things that, that really stands out to me that, that you keep highlighting in, in every time we talk, it's something that you're proud of and that you, you want to make sure people know about what you're, what you're doing with bug eaters in that it, this is about Nebraska. You know, it's about, um, the, the players, the people community. And, um, and, and I do think that element is often overlooked when um, soccer clubs are being formed uh, around the country, especially in this this kind of newest generation of formation of clubs, say the last you know five to ten years, a lot of times people get enamored when they're building a club. They get enamored with trying to go out and find players all over the country, and you know, can we get this guy to come in, and can we get this guy to come in, and and I think I think that mentality. It, is it's not that it's a wrong mentality, but I think that mentality comes from the, the what they see at the highest levels. You know, if you watch the Premier League and you see all of these foreign players coming in, you kind of think, well, I've got to go look everywhere else except where I am to, to, to find players. And the idea that you have made it a, um, a priority and that you are intentional about finding players that have connections to the state of Nebraska to be, you know, part of bug eaters. And, uh, and it is to me an incredible thing and an essential and really does, um, provide color to what it means to be, you know, a, a club with a community focus. One of the things I like to talk about a lot with clubs is, is being in the community being for the community and being with the community and those themes you can tell as you're as you're talking and describing you know your love for Nebraska it's your home state it's your you know that's your your home area and and that you have this affinity for providing programming and connections and all of this for for Nebraskans is um is remarkable and it ties right in with that you know uh, in the community for the community with the community theme that i that i often harp on so um that that's awesome what what as you look into this year into 2019 you know what are you guys you know looking to do in terms of play um you, you mentioned the stadium the home stadium what kind of fixtures who are you going to be playing and competing against so when we we had a challenge last fall uh we we applied to a couple national leagues and uh shockingly both of those fizzled out 
And so that, along with the stadium issue, uh, you can do some quick math. But uh, so we had to we had to find a way to keep the club going. And um, so we we just landed the stadium. But ahead of that, I started calling teams. And amazingly, and you won't be shocked by this at all, Daniel, is we called all the teams that seemed to be close by. And uh, regardless of the league, and we, so we set up our, our own schedule. And so ahead of that, um, I contacted Jonathan Redenauer at Gulf Coast Premier League and basically said, hey, look, um, know who you guys are, love what you're doing. Uh, you've built something really special, you know, across the Gulf Coast states. You know, would you be interested in helping develop a league in the, the Midwest, the Plain States? And so uh, we had discussions. I flew to New Orleans, met with uh, the guys, and um, love what they've been building. And so, you know, my thing was I can help you guys um, develop, and I think, you know, expansion for you would, would make a lot of sense. And so uh, Jonathan and I have been working on the Great Plains Premier League. And so we had a, you know, a soft launch on that, and ultimately there's been quite a bit of interest. Um, we will ultimately launch that when it makes sense and we have the best teams possible. Uh, we believe that would be 2020. And it's it's going to be a regional-based league, just like Gulf Coast Premier League. And so it's, it's going to be under that uh, system. And, you know, we're looking for what I would call elite programs. You know, the, the college aspect of it is – something that we look for you know do you have a local school that you can tie into ncaa naia a local collegiate type program and also do you have uh some local talent that you can put into the team and so it's it's a good blend um and because we see it as a development system you know the the league's asp- aspiration is not to be pro. Um, you know, Jonathan posted something out there about a big announcement coming. And so, you know, a lot of people contacted me and my joke was that it was GCPL pro. And instead of the Hulk Hogan line, I gave him, you know, because Stone Cold said so. And so we would be matched along that, but that's not who we want to be. We want to be the best league that possibly can be within community states that we are in. And so we, we don't have a, um, we don't have a league that we look to and say, that's what we want to be because we, we feel that all the leagues today have challenges. So the one thing I can point to is my experience in England and the success that they've had there and the structure of the system and the things there. And so looking at that, elevating the teams to the best possible quality. And you were at the AGM with me. And I said this, I said, we, we need to be focusing on you guys and the the clubs that were there at the meeting and helping them to get to the next level, because that's the only way a league will get to the next level. And when I say next level, I mean that of accomplishment, you know, community engagement. Um, At the AGM, you mentioned, you know, 1,500 fans, 1,000 fans. And I challenged you on that. I said, you know, it's not just that. It's also development of, of players. So, um, you know, in Nebraska, we, we've sent a guy to England. Uh, English national, played at Concordia in, in the state of Nebraska. And we were able to bring him along and ultimately uh, find a path for him to go pro back home. So stuff like that's exciting. But as far as the schedule, uh, we're excited to have all these regional clubs uh, playing us. And, you know, the, the thing about it is, is we know all of them and we communicate with all of them. And, uh, you know, the, the mutual respect across the leagues, but between clubs goes a long way. And so um, we're excited to be playing Sioux Falls. We're excited to be playing Matt at Des Moines Wanderers, Minneapolis City. Uh, Frank at, at Med City has a has a fantastic program going. And, you know, and Claw Valley. 
Cobb Valley is uh, Kansas City's, uh, I guess, USL2 affiliate. And, you know, we played them last season and, and uh, they launched at the same time as us. And so, you know, I, I think we are, <laughs> I guess the word this season is agnostic, is we're agnostic. We, we're focusing on club and we are a member of the Gulf Coast Premier League. And we'll see, we'll see that league grow over, over the next 12 months. We'll see a lot of changes. But those changes are going to be really focused on helping the teams that we have engage in the communities and how do they build them up. And, you know, community engagement isn't fans and seats. Community engagement is what are the things you are doing to, to connect to home? And, and you, you said it, and that is us getting local kids to play. And I mentioned it earlier. That's one of Dan's hop-ons at, at Minneapolis City. And it's funny because, you know, I see teams out there that go, we are, you know, we have X number of players from local schools, and yet they're recruiting, you know, globally to get guys into the team. And it just that—that that isn't it. 100% of spots on my team are filled with guys with Nebraska connections because we want to give them the chance to go on and do something special, like Lewis Rathbone did out of Concordia. And so, you know, that's that's where we see the community engagement, and we're we're changing things up this season. And so. For the 2019 season, we're doing things like last weekend. We, you know, we were involved in a local program, and so we had guys out on on uh, the weekend helping with this local uh, charity. And so uh, we're excited about those things. We're excited to be involved with the local high school and college coaches. And so you'll see us really out into the community. And if there was one thing I would have changed last season. It would have been the engagement that we had with the community, but there was so much going on, so many challenges that we had that we weren't fully capable of doing that at that point. And so now settling in, we have the fantastic connections with local schools. Um, you know, the, the list we had was 60, 70 deep, and we had an additional 40 come to try out. And we identified some additional talent that we didn't we didn't know until until that day. And so, um, you know, we are not going to be a recruiting program. We are going to be a local program, and we will be as competitive as anyone else, as as last season showed. You know, we assembled a team at the last minute, and we were highly competitive. And we played NPSL teams, PEL teams, and we did well in the UPSL as well. So. This season, I expect us to step it up a notch. As you know, we've got a tough challenge at the end of this month against uh, Little Rock. We've got Chattanooga, which is, um, when I built this team, one mission I had was to someday play at Chattanooga. Who knew that it would happen season two? And I, I want to thank Tim and Sheldon for calling us and inviting us. And so we've got we've got a lot to do to prepare for that. And so, you know, tonight we've got uh, Sioux Falls in a uh, warm-up tune-up match and so that match uh is uh uh it's going to be exciting for us to to get the season going and, and we're excited about the team we put together but again it's local and so you know the slogan we came up with was farm to pitch you know and and i get it some people don't like the farm aspect of it but i gotta tell you agriculture is the biggest biggest piece of nebraska and so um you know, we embrace that. And so it really is um, farm to pitch and taking that to the next level. Um, you know, it's it's going to be a fantastic season. It's going to exceed last season. And, you know, like I've always said, if we have one fan in the seats, we'll keep going. Because it's it's not about attendance. It's about the program itself and community engagement and developing partners in the community and, you know, what, what can we do to give back? One of the, one of the things I want to touch on here that you're, you're going through is, is very, it, it reminds me of, um, and, and, and I actually shared this um, it, when we met up at the, the GCPL AGM, 
Uh, it reminds me so much of that story of Truett Cathy telling his board that we don't need to worry about getting be, getting bigger. We need to worry about getting better, and the bigger will take care of itself. Um, the things that you are talking about, the the priorities that that Bug Eaters uh, has as an organization, is the things of worrying about getting better, and and I think too often when we are uh, working as clubs around the country, when, when you're, when, when these clubs are having, you know, internal discussions about what, what do we need to do next? What's the next milestone? What's the next goal, etc. cetera. Uh, you know, it, it becomes on bigger, 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 rather than how do we get better? How can we get, you know, more local or more community engagement? How, how can we matter? If we disappeared tomorrow, would, no, would, would anyone care? Would anyone know? And um, so the things that you're talking about, to me, you know, describe those, those elements of getting better as an organization, finding ways to, to, to develop deep roots in a community and build in your community. And, and one, one, aspect that I, that I want to highlight here is your connection with you know the state association and that that is different than a lot of the conversations I hear especially in the adult amateur space about connections to state associations a, a lot I, I've spoken you wouldn't believe the number of clubs I've spoken to around the country and, and these clubs are well-known clubs nationally like a lot of notoriety, pub publicity. I mean, you know, if I if I drop some of these names, you would be like, you know, you would know them. Every, everyone would know who I'm talking about. And and these clubs have have said to me in private conversations how they they don't even know who their who their state association people are. They don't they don't talk to them ever. And so the fact that you've been able to to, de to develop and form a relationship with your state association plays right into what you're trying to do in terms of serving and being in and for uh, your community there in Nebraska. So, I, you know, I, I think that's incredible um, what you're doing. And I hope that others, as they are watching and listening to these shows and, and hearing stories like yours, that they're starting to pick up some insights as to what they can do where they are and in, 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 in reaching out, for example, in, in this case, to their state associations and just getting to know them and, and, and getting a, a relationship built with them. Um, you know, I, I, I talk about this on a macro level over and over and over again. And, and I think you, what you are highlighting here in your local context is, is the exact same thing. And that is, we are better together when we are coming together, working together, uniting together. Um, we become stronger. Every every organization becomes better whenever we are figuring out how to 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 work together, come together, and and do whatever it is that we're doing, serving whatever level of the market we're serving or whatever our specific mission is. And I, I'm all about competition. Look, I am, you know, dog eat dog when it comes to, to on the field competition, you know, may the best man win or, or, or best lady win. I, I'm, I'm all for it, but off the field, I, I would love to see clubs and leagues and organizations do a better job of, of figuring out some of the things that you guys have already figured out and are, are currently working on in terms of connections to other clubs, connections to other leagues, connections to your local context, your schools, your state association that you mentioned. Uh, that is, is, you know, incredible work that you guys are doing. Um, you, you mentioned a player that and, and, and one of your focuses with bug eaters is development. And you, and you mentioned a player that you were able to bring in and then, and then actually sign him over in England with the club that you were involved with there at, at uh, Brad, Bradford park Avenue. Um, I, I want to kind of just do a little bit of, um, you know, compare your experience in England for a moment and compare your experience here in America. So you get involved with Bradford park and, and, it's 
playing and operating in a, in a system, in a structure, in a model that, you know, you and I both wish we had here in America, a system of connected leagues based on sporting merit. Um, what is your, what was your experience when you got involved and, 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 and what is it now in terms of just being involved intimately with a club in the system in terms of, you know, play, uh, players, the community aspect, those things over there that you're, you're experiencing in England? So let me start off with a comment to some of what you said, and then I'll, I'll get into that. And, you know, regarding Nebraska State soccer and regarding community engagement and wanting to help fellow teams and leagues, et cetera, that all goes to one thing, and that's intent. What's your intention? What do you intend to do? And so I've said the whole time, you know, Bug Eater's intention is to focus on the community. We are not about making money. So as far as I'm concerned, there are two intentions. There's community focus. There's enjoying the game, focusing on local, you know, all the volunteers that you see nationwide, et cetera. And then the second one is making money. And so we are definitely number one. When you see people who don't want to help and they see you as competition and the intention is obviously to make money, there's no doubt in the U.S. you can tell which is which, especially with the way things have been going. And so when you go in with good intentions and you execute on good intentions, people tend to open up because they see that you are actually doing what you said you would do. And so we've been successful because we've been able to show good intentions. Uh, State soccer talked to us. They had a common goal, and it was a a fantastic alignment. Uh, The Nebraska State Soccer Badge is actually on the sleeve this season because we want to promote local. We want to focus on the state of Nebraska as a whole. We want to focus on the development. So now to the system in the UK. It's been, it has been an enjoyable challenge. Um, You know, Bradford Park Avenue, you know, long history. Um, But, you know, being in that system, the, the level of play demands so much investment. It is amazing to me how expensive these guys are, but the level of play is absolutely amazing it's fantastic it's it's so high and so technical um i would i would say that you know we could challenge with the best of them uh even at up to the usl level here in the u.s uh the style of play is completely different uh but you know it's the biggest challenge that i have i've had that i wanted to uh to do is to get U.S. kids into that system, and, and it's it's almost impossible. So um, Lewis, you know, English national, uh, was was easy to get into the system. And so, um, you know, we had somebody else on on the team last season, and he should be joining us this season. Uh, at least a couple of games is Danny Whitehall, and Danny is a fantastic striker, and he will go on to play league football in England. There's no doubt about it. But um, you know, the, the, the difference over there is the intensity. Um, we are currently playing in a playoff position. So I'm going next month to the playoff final. Hopefully we're in it and hopefully we win it because I, I want to be able to go up to the next level. And I've lived that system. And so, you know, I, I see a closed system here in the U.S., um, but I see a system there that is governed by the government basically and there are rules in place that are set in place by a government system not one that's out to make money not one that is looking to build you know a bunch of clubs to make money and then ultimately flip it and sell but one that that's that's been built in history on these local communities. And the biggest challenge in England has, for the local teams has been television. 
And so uh, instead of paying, you know, 12 pounds to go to the local match, they'll stay at home and watch Man City, Chelsea, Leeds, etc. And um, to give you geography, uh, within within 20 miles of Bradford Park Avenue, you've got Bradford City, Leeds, Huddersfield, Halifax. And so if Omaha was in England, it would have at least three teams in the football league. And so when you look at the map of the U.S. and you say local and community and these things, we're very fortunate in two, two regards. Number one is that we have such large communities that you know, we, we are able to go and tap potential fan bases. And the second is, is that we, we, don't have, we don't have so many splits along those lines. And, and it's, it's um, you know, along with that goes, goes facilities. And, you know, while I have mentioned the challenge we had with facility, ultimately we landed the best facility in the state because of what we've been doing. And because Johnny Torres at Creighton is, is a fan of what we are doing. And, and that, that speaks volumes. But again, facilities here in the U.S. are so much better than facilities in England. And to be able to get improvements into a stadium, even if you fund it, takes a long time to get it through the bureaucratic channels. And so, you know, over there, you know, I went into a club that was bleeding cash, bleeding cash, losing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds. And so the challenge I've had since I showed up was to get it to sustainability. And anybody who's listened to anything I've said is that that word always shows up. And so I should have this team to sustainability next season. But what I'm doing there mimics what I'm doing in the U.S. And so we are partnering with clubs. Huddersfield is a tremendous partner in Bradford. And Hull City has been a tremendous partner to us at Bradford. And so you'll see these, these connections expand. And I'm actually, you know, I mentioned I'm going next month for the playoff final. I'm actually going to visit some of these larger clubs to expand those relationships. And who knows, you might see one pop up with the Bug Eaters, a top-level English club. And there's also a chance that a top-level English club may come to Nebraska based on, on the relationship. So relationship and development. So in England... These top-level clubs have these fantastic reserve teams and academies, and they look to loan them out to teams like Bradford to help develop them. So what does that do? Well, that gets top-level talent into my team alongside the guys that we have that we are signing, but it helps my budget. And it gets excitement into the game on the pitch. Um, I have as many fans at games for bug ears as I do at Bradford at the moment. Based on what I've said about the playing budget, you can do the quick math to see why it's, it's been losing money. So that'll change. We have a whole new image coming out, as you could imagine. We'll have new merchandise. Uh, the new image is definitely a nod to the past. We don't want to change the history, we want to embrace the history and build on that. But if you, if you follow English football news, you'll see teams getting winding up petitions, uh, which is basically unpaid debts um, all the time. And, you know, there, there's been this spending spree that's happened in football where somebody buys a club, they throw a bunch of money in it, and they walk away. And so what I'm doing is I'm focusing on community. Bradford is a, is, it's a good-sized community, and it can support two teams. It, it always has, but, you know, the attendance for us collapsed. Bradford City does a fantastic job. Um, you know, they'll understand, you know, they understand the challenges of promotion relegation uh, because it looks like, unfortunately, they'll fall to League Two as we potentially get promoted to two levels, or if we get promoted, we'll be technically one level below them. 
and they get attendances over 10,000 versus us getting attendances of four to 600. And so the, the level of play between those two is not a huge gap. But um, I've taken the business model that I've built in the U.S. and I've installed it over there. Things as simple as a cash flow. When you have 21 plus home games, uh, you need to know what what to expect, and you need to know how to manage cash. So I've I went over there initially, hoping to put in business systems, business models, and to focus on re-engaging these communities. You know, at Bradford Park Avenue, uh, the the demographics are not focused on the young fans. And so that's what we're doing there. And so, you know, you'll see next season that it'll be, a, you know, if you are 17 and below, it's a pound to get into a match. We want the young fans. We want to engage the community. We want them to get excited about local football. And, you know, so a lot of things I've done here in the U.S. are going over there. Um, it's a totally different game because over there, you know, this, the word pro is tossed around here like it's something magical, that if somebody goes pro all of a sudden, you know, you're going to have a line around the block of people who want to come see it. And, and that's, I think we will see in the next 24 months that that's not at all the case. No one cares. One time I had a shirt on and somebody saw it and they legitimately asked me and they go, when, when are you guys playing FC Dallas? And they didn't know. It wasn't, they weren't an attempted insult. They just didn't know. And so I think here in the U.S., there's a lot of education that goes in with it. But I think that there's also a lot of local community engagement that helps develop teams here. And so that's what I'm attempting to do there. You know, the business systems that I've put into place here translate exceptionally well there. And you have thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of, of teams. And you know, here in the U.S., closest team to me is hours away. And so that's, that's something that, that they, they can't fathom there because they're so used to the club just down the street. You know, I, I know the guys at Dundee United. I know the guys at Dundee. I mean, they're literally next to each other in Scotland. And so you know, the, the history of the game I see there, but I also see the challenges. And so when, when, when you look at the system that we're developing here, I keep saying focus on the clubs because that's what I'm seeing there. If you focus on the clubs, eventually I'm hopeful that we will find a, a, a system that falls into place. And, you know, bug eaters, you will not see mentioned as pro anything. I don't believe in the word. I believe in what we put on the pitch. My guys I've, I've shown are as good as quote unquote pros. I want to focus on the things that I'm focusing on in Bradford and the connections that we can develop. And if, you know, I have a team out of England come to Nebraska and play us, that's a big deal to me. And so I think that would be a big deal to, to fans in, in Nebraska. And we, we want to be an extension to all these local schools in Nebraska. Um, you know, we have a, a, a kid named Rob Wiseman. He's out of Midland College. and He's absolutely phenomenal. He didn't have a chance to go play USL 2 last season, but he came and played for us. And I think he can go on to do something special. And I hope that the system here starts looking at these guys and helping them to develop careers with the skills that they have. And so, you know, you can go all the way up the system and say, uh, U.S. missed the World Cup because it's lacking development. I would agree with that, but I think what it's lacking is business models and community models and focusing on local. Chattanooga is the gold standard on community engagement. Chattanooga FC specifically is the gold standard. And so, you know, for us to be there on May 4th is, is something special. I'm excited to be there back at Finley and uh, to have my team on the pitch this time. 
it, it's something that I'm excited about. But that's, you know, it, you know, I, I see changes to things like the U.S. Open Cup, and I kind of go, eh, glad we didn't play in it. And you know, I, I just I want to do what we do best instead of attempting to sell something that I think is half baked. Um, I've had a team in the FA Cup. I've had two teams in the FA Cup because I was with Alfreton. Now I'm with Bradford. And so those things are exciting, but you would be surprised at how many teams don't even care. They just want to get past it to focus on the system and when winning. And so, you know, with promotion relegation comes financial changes. So as an example, if we got promoted twice, we would be in league two and we would get 800,000 pounds sustainability payment from the league. We don't get that where we are today. And so that definitely changes things. There, there are things to play for where what I'm telling you there is the league is splitting up money amongst its teams. I don't know of any league in the U.S. at this moment that is taking most of its money to help sustain its teams. Now, that money in the U.K., I can tell you those teams, because I've looked at many of them in the financials, they're not there as much to make money. And they do have value, but they don't typically trade on that. They trade because of prestige. So if we could find a way to develop leagues, Gulf Coast Premier League is an example. If we go get sponsors, we'll find a way to, to help our teams with that money because it's not about flipping the league. It's not about lining pockets. And it goes back to what I've said about intent. And so Gulf Coast Premier League, why I've joined them as director, is because the intent that they have and the love of the game that follows that. So – you know, with, with Bradford, I don't have any connections to the community. My business partner here in Texas uh, a- absolutely does. And so he bought his hometown club, the club he, wa- he grew up watching. And he asked me to help him because he knew, you know, my, my involvement. And so that's what we're doing there. And it's, it's, it's a fundamental change. And I issued a statement last fall uh, that talked about sustainability. And it talked about... Um, you know, the challenges of it and how, you know, it's, it upsets people at times, but what you'll see in Bradford is going to be a lot like what we've done in Nebraska. The difference is, is we're within a system. I like that system because it's so well structured and so well organized. We don't have to worry about, well, what league are we going to be in this season? Well, I don't know. Hope, hopefully, Hopefully they see the value that we're building. Well, maybe we can pony up enough money that they'll take us. These fee-based leagues are absolutely it's, – it's amazing to me. And, and the ball has started rolling on these things, and they've got to keep collecting fees to keep them going. That's not a sustainable model. You know, It needs to be about the clubs. And ultimately, you know, it's not my place to, to – discuss on leagues, but it is my place to to focus on what we are doing and how we can affect that change. And so that's what I'm doing with Nebraska Bug Eaters. That's what I'm doing with Bradford. You'll see a lot of changes coming. Uh, Season tickets in Bradford. I'm lowering the cost to allow people more access because the simple fact is this. We don't make money off of anything. We lose money. And the only way we generate income is off of fan spend. So how do we get more fans into the seats? And, you know, I, I did one of the first things I did is I started finding out about the demographics of the community. What can they afford? And what I found was was that we were priced too high, and that's why the fans weren't coming to games. And so we're changing that. We need to be able to to get into the community and, and engage these fans and and allow them the opportunity to come in and enjoy a match day well jonathan your insight into the game in england the game here in the u.s the the things that you're talking about are, are so important and i hope that clubs wherever they are in america 
start to to really hone in on some of these key principles and uh, and start to apply them to their local context uh, to to improve what they're doing and 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 hopefully reach for sustainability. Thanks for coming on the show. We look forward to having you back on very very soon and and good luck with uh the the 2019 season and all of those fixtures uh it's going to be exciting to watch thank you so much and, and thanks thanks again for having me on that is jonathan kalura of bug eaters fc he's also involved with bradford park avenue um he is doing amazing things there and and has a lot of really good ideas and good insight into what we need to be um, looking at in terms of clubs and a focus on clubs here in America. Today's uh, sponsor is Charity Water. They provide clean drinking water for people around the world, and they do awesome work, and they are changing lives. To learn more about Charity Water, go to charitywater.org, and um, we will be... Welcome back to the show as we wrap up this Friday, April the 19th with Jonathan Calera today. It was, uh, it was a great conversation, great insight. He's, he's, he's working domestically here in the U.S., but he's also helping and working in, in England. And, and to hear some of that compare contrast is, is awesome. And, and to me, he, he kept using a word there towards the end about sustainability and finding a way to make clubs sustainable and, and keeping the focus on, on club sustainability, club viability um, is, is so um, crucial. It is critical to the long-term health and well-being of U.S. soccer. Uh, this week on the show, we were joined by Paul Kennedy on Monday. I'd like to thank all of these guests for coming on. Daniel Whelan on Tuesday, Jonathan Rednauer of the Gulf Coast Premier League on Wednesday, Steve Bailey yesterday of Non-League America, and of course, Jonathan Calera today. Have a, have a great weekend. Thanks for, for joining the show. Um, you can learn more about the show and all the, all the things that we are working on at danielworkman.com. You can also find me on Twitter at danielworkman or Instagram at danielworkman. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash WRKMN. Thanks again for tuning into the show. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing everybody on Monday. Goodbye.